I'm thrilled to finally welcome Abhishek Subhaiya on the podcast today after a lot of teasing. Uh, we had a ton of back and forth spanning half a year before we did this. But when it finally panned out, it was a whole new experience for me as we recorded this session live and this was the first time for me and Abhishek was also kind enough to take questions from the audience. That's the background. Now many of you already know him, but uh, for those who don't, he's a Bangalore matcha who graduated from the National Law School India University Bangalore. and began his career with india's largest private sector banking institution where he learned to manage everything from legal documentation and processes to special projects and litigation consultation here he developed his understanding of business requirements and blending legal theories with practice after that abhishek began his practice as a full-fledged legal practitioner with tier 1 law firms such as khethan and company siril ramachand mangaldas and j sagar associates with experience in finance and technology related portfolios My man started his own firm or as he likes to call it platform in the year 2020 thus started Bridge Legal with his additional forays and certifications acquired in the realms of data privacy from Nascom's DSCI and ongoing fintech and financial blockchain from the Indian Institute of Management Calcutta Bridge Legal is on its way to making a mark in the niche legal practice space with its own discerning clientele I of course know him as the voice behind the coolest sounding legal podcast of the country In this episode we talk about the law school, the legal career, markets, podcasting and much much more. So get ready for an eye opening episode and welcome Mr. Abhishek Subhaiya. Namaskar. Mera naam hai Abhas. I'm a practicing advocate and this podcast is a knowledge sharing initiative of my chambers to reach out to the next generation of students, lawyers, policy makers and leaders who are interested in understanding the law. Yahan aapko milenge kuch कानूनी किस्से कहानियां व्याख्यान एंड सम फूड फॉर थॉट सो विदाउट फर्दर डू सफर शुरू करते हैं एंड वी आर लाइव सो वेलकम टू द पॉडकास्ट अभिषेक हाउ आर यू हे अबास सो सो ग्लैड टू बी हियर आई थिंक इट्स अ नाइस रिलैक्सिंग सैटरडे इवनिंग एज़ वेल राइट and finally uh, we have got this opportunity to get this done i'm so sorry because of the scheduling difficulties it's been extremely difficult to catch hold of you and uh, you know take out time from my schedule also it's been a nightmare so i want to apologize up front but better late than never and i'm really really glad that we are finally doing this no likewise and it's it's an issue at my end as well i think it's been what 5 months in the works right since we've been talking about this i think since last year yeah Issues right. mine as so well. I'm so sorry at my end as well. <laughs> Not at all. The pleasure is all mine to host you all. Uh, we got a few people listening in also. So this is the first time we have tried this experiment of going live. So let's see how good or bad it goes. But the first thing that we do with all our guests, because we consider all of them superheroes, so we explore their origin stories. So where does Abhishek Subhaiya come from? <laughs> how how far back are we going though? <laughs> uh, well, as far as you can remember. Oh wow, that's not that's that's too far. We 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 stuck here for many many years. So, <laughs> uh, I think yeah, law school. I think that's a good place to start. So no, but I just a little bit. What what city do you call home? Bangalore or Bengaluru, uh, whatever you prefer calling. So, I'm I'm a bit of a north south child, both so half Punjabi, half Kurg, uh, but Bangalore is home. It's where uh, I spend most of my life. Yeah. And. your parents as you said one is from north and one is from south which That's one right. is which mother from the north i was born there as well ah. in punjab okay and dad from the south yep that's wonderful so just before law school why law and which stream did you choose 
which stream uh, in in 11th and 12th is that what you asked yes so i, I was a pcme kid by the way ha uh, same as you yeah so i was a bit of uh, just going with the flow there as well i think a lot of my friends getting into you know boards and tens as well we were just science and maths nerds so uh, it just seemed like the most you know organic step from there so when it a pcme quite liked it it's one of those decisions i keep wondering about you know was it was it wise kind of getting into Uh, law it, but it seemed interesting at the time it's something that i really liked in terms of uh, i think you can tell a lot from the entrance exams itself and i was the first batch to give uh, clat so fairly interesting kinds of questions and answers and i preferred it to the cet and you know a lot of the other engineering type uh, entrance tests seems like a very silly silly reason for choosing it but i think i was just a lot more interested in those kinds of questions you know language logic gk something i'm still it's it's actually still something that drives me to be very honest at at the core of it it's just something that's very interesting so that was a that's silly it. reason yeah it it was also i think a good mix of artsy as well as conventional it was easy to kind of sell to the parents to say that you know what i'm 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 going to do law so okay cool doesn't sound too out there <laughs> so none of your parents had anything to do with law so interestingly my mother practiced in the high court in in karnataka oh. but not not corporate law a completely different realm of law in fact when and i, I remember even as a kid i i would be within the circle of uh, female advocates who would practice at the karnataka high court so i i you know in and out of courts of course i know that that sentence seems a bit weird when someone says that i was in and out of courts as a kid but that's what i <laughs> it exposed it's to that better side. than yeah. it's better than being a legal aid counsel who's in and out of jail let no. me let me tell you that much <laughs> but yeah i was very exposed to that and she had a very so so yeah i did come from that kind of background of course it was right. uh, not very useful when it came to corporate law of course uh, her Which kind of law was chose. very different so let's yes. then jump into clat then first batch clears clat right i'm presuming amongst the toppers because you got the college that was organizing the first clat right which is considered <laughs> to be a premier institution right so what was life like is it a reality check as some people say because only the brilliant people get into that but then you realize everybody else is as brilliant if not more or was it like just fish to water no that was the best part and still continues to be the best part of of college which was there were just so many brilliant people there and and till date you know i think through college i don't know what everyone else's experiences but you may not like each other but do you respect each other and that's what matters right and for us that respect was based on how good you were at you know what you were trying to learn that respect was there then it's there now and i can't speak for other colleges honestly it was a very and that was interesting in terms of the college experience as well it was a very interesting experience of being within this you know hostel of course uh, people used to crib about the fact that i i had easy access to home on the weekends of course which is true hmm. localite localite right so it it was interesting in the sense that within that small batch of people for those 5 years it was definitely something that it 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 drove you you may not have liked it it's it's i think incorrect if i would say that you know i enjoyed every single minute of it but hmm. those people drove you you know the your, your your peers pushed you to become better and that was the best part about it and what about the dreaded trimester systems 
we didn't really dread it i mean it was intense but it's something that still holds us in good stead by the way i would say us i know i'm speaking for you know people from my college as well but that work ethic of just there's something happening every week is right. something that you know you get used to that that pace at least but like i said i've i've never been able to comment on other colleges i've never been able to look at it in a relativistic situation because like i said it's fairly myopic right five years one institution it's not like we've studied elsewhere and i've i've known great lawyers from other colleges as well so uh, not not comparing of course but can only speak to my personal experience there the trimester system at least taught me a lot of discipline when it came to pacing right yeah but you brought in a good point you said that there are other good lawyers uh, coming from different colleges i'm sure oh, yeah. when you were appearing for law school there would be other batchmates who would have applied to different law schools as well some local law schools some national law schools did you find did you discuss amongst yourself is there a marked difference between uh, how they went about their college journey and you did not too much but i i have to say i wouldn't be the best person because uh, to speak about this because i didn't have too many people i knew either so uh like mm. i said a lot of my schoolmates i mean very few actually did law number one and the the second thing was i think most of the other people i knew were in some nlu or the other of course we lost touch i'm i'm fairly introverted in that sense so i i wouldn't be the best person to comment on you know their experiences as well but i keep seeing them i mean you interact with them at you know at a professional level and they seem they still seem like great people i mean they're great people then great people now if they didn't learn in law school they've learned it you know after working so it's just 5 years I mean, you can learn you can learn it afterwards also right true fairly equalized i would say i think what mattered the most again i keep coming back to this was how many people actually like doing what they're doing and how many mm. people stuck with it so it's been around 10 plus years since yeah 10 years since i graduated so the number of people who are still doing this i mean very marginal it's just very few who still have the drive to continue doing it right and continuing to do something that you perhaps found interesting at the age of 17 18 is pretty incredible uh, i'm sure most of us uh, I, speaking of my circle at least most of us were not sure really that we would end up where we ended up say in our mid 30s uh, yeah. about to reach there yeah uh, so was that something unique in that college or i should not say unique but just in your experience did you find that right from the word get go the college did expose you to a lot of possibilities and that allowed people to make decisions fairly early on and get a head start so the the two aspects to this and actually both of them are based on the same thing actually it's like i said peers and people right so when i think back to college and exactly you know what the experience was like it comes up, it comes back to the people right Hmm. that push was always there the second thing is of course the privilege that you have coming out of an nlu right which hmm. no doubt exists it's it's easier to find a job there is brand value on your cv these are these, these are obvious things you can't you can't not accept it. it it's a fact right right but again there that happened because of you know my super seniors and their predecessors who set the foundation for us to kind of grow above it hmm. so something i i mean we would constantly discuss would be you'd usually find two kinds of people from nlus there'd be one kind which would kind of ride on the reputation and there'd be the other which would try to build upon the reputation and say that okay this is why you know our seniors and our super seniors worked really hard to get that brand and that name out there let's build to that let's 
let's show why that that exists of course like i said this is very um, I, myopic right so uh i i don't no, know no, of course experiences of other no no it's a unique perspective that you have uh, given us and it's your perspective and that's what matters the most because you're the guest uh, i can attest to the fact that the quality of your seniors was extremely high because my first internship happened to be with the, one of the very earliest if not if not the first it might be the first batch also so i interned my first internship was uh, with uh, mrs anita shinoy and uh, she was an alumni from your college right and i could see uh, that the way she was functioning she at that point of time she was the standing counsel for uh, the karnataka state of karnataka later on she became a designated senior a wonderful person also but yeah uh, it's about standing on the shoulders of the giants as you said and then building yeah, upon yeah. the reputation so there was privilege as well so when when you say and and there's a lot of versatility as well when it comes to our degree right when it comes to mm. what you can do with it as well right so you know five years or even if it's three years or four years you're learning so many subjects you have so many different kinds of lawyers different spaces they may not even be doing conventional legal jobs right it's just such a versatile degree you can do so much with it that combined with you know knowing the right network and coming from a very nice um at least an institution that's branded a particular way of course made things a lot easier so i did have a much easier journey than a lot of people this this much i know for sure in terms of whether yeah but then you worked towards it nobody gifted it to you you did achieve it you did get into it it's work but again it's another thing which i keep focusing on is you keep hearing people giving advice to other people saying that you know hmm. do this do that but bas ye kar lo fir ho jayega but everyone's circumstances are different now even if you look at entrepreneurs even if you look at someone starting their own practice mm-hmm. let's ask the question okay are are you are you taking care of your family in terms of money right at a young age right. it happens right what's your what's mm-hmm. your money situation like which city are you living in so many of these questions so when you say privilege i mean at all it comes back at some point right in, in terms of whether you can take risks whether you can't do it you're right it takes work that's for sure but mm-hmm. it's harder for some than others i can attest to that not because True. of necessarily me going through a harder situation because i i know people who have to work harder so which is another unique perspective that you get once you are into a subject or a course like law as you said it's so multifaceted it right. basically tells you what are the realities of a particular system it gives you a lot of clarity about subjects and it's the unique skill set that just comes with the degree i mean if you cannot Uh, have that skill set then you probably will not succeed as a law student and later on of course you need to build upon those skills as a lawyer as well yeah. so but we were on your law school journey and right. we were on privileges or perks of being from quote unquote the school and <laughs> law school as they like to call it just law school <laughs> the just law school because if you ask which law school then yeah. you of course don't know enough so <laughs> my my sister gets very annoyed with that she's from uh, nlu delhi so she gets, she used to get very annoyed when you know peers and everyone else would come home and say law school and she'd say which law school <laughs> just very annoying thing it's just the hubris of it all is just it's crazy <laughs> but this was the time when internships were all the rage i mean they still are i'm saying but that was a starting point before that just i just graduated a couple of years before you and mm-hmm. internships were important yes but people used to focus them focus on them mostly in their like fourth and fifth years so that mm-hmm. they get some experience under their belt and they get some sort of exposure so yes it was expected to a certain extent but it was not like uh, all hell is going to break loose and you will be marked a failure if you don't get internships 
but it started going that route by the time you were in law school i'm presuming mm-hmm. so what was the internship journey was like and did everybody get everything that they wanted because they were from the law school i mean they still had to work but and mm. and like i said so we at least in bangalore when we when i started with internships in the second year or the third year it was easy because you know the network was there these were lawyers i'd i'd known since i was a kid so again they're not the best person to be speaking about that i know for a fact there were a lot of people who tried to get internships it was really hard for them as well mm. but i would say that i mean i'd like to believe that most people got the internships if they wanted them and most people even got jobs if they you know if they wanted them when they graduated so i think it, it took effort i can't speak for other people as well but i would say at least with my batch i think most of them interned almost all the time and uh, i think few people sat for placements i think even for even on day 0 or day 1 i think it was about 60% of the batch or something like that it was crazy it was crazy low in terms of turnout mm-hmm. but i think most of them got jobs but again i it's it's a while ago i, I my memory may be a bit fuzzy on that as well but, but yeah, personally where did yeah. you i was just asking personally where did you intern and what was your thought process that this is where i should go and apply so initially it was just all over the place because my perspective towards internships was you just need to try out everything and figure out what you like so that was that was the whole point Hmm, I, yeah so i remember first year internship was just doing something fun with cook wildlife society going and cataloging heritage sites so it was just one of those really fun internships i mean your first year it's really hard to get law internships so hmm. uh, that that was the case for us as well second year i'm going to refrain from making certain names by the way because i don't want to like you know cloud sure. that but uh, second year was i think yeah hola and hola in bangalore that was an interesting internship and then eventually did one i think in bombay within the same year that was my first tiff with bombay i think in my second year again the same year did another internship around fort but that was a corporate that was a proper corporate internship that was my first corporate internship subsequently with another i think now tier one firm in bombay so i kind of scaled it up a little bit so with each subsequent uh, application the previous one would kind of be useful so that really helped getting the next level of internship you know in that sense uh by fourth year i think i taken a break for a bit and then fifth year was just as is it's compulsory internship yeah so there was the trial court bits that you know we were anyway doing kind of going and getting that exposure so whenever we'd have you know our vacations we'd spend about you know two to three weeks at least just working with lawyers in that sense of course mm-hmm. i never ended up actually doing any of that in you know in terms of my actual career it just went straight down the corp route you know stepping out of college so none of that actually came to uh, be used immediately but of course you learn a lot with these experiences mm. and uh, i still believe so this is anyway I, i digress slightly but i think with our whole approach towards just getting into the corp side of things we've kind of lost out a lot on the art of lawyering itself which i think litigators still have a big component of which i think you can you can kind of evaluate yourself is how people speak you'll realize that mm. a lot of corporate lawyers have have just let that muscle atrophy quite a bit because mm. their day to day jobs don't involve that anymore it's usually right. on a con call just negotiating a red line document so 
lots that we have lost in the process by you know this whole corporate direction that we've taken so mm. to that extent yes i still remember those internships i still interact with litigators a lot i uh my my wingman in you know in bridge as well is someone who's come from a disputes background so there's just so many beautiful insights you can get from uh, people from that side so uh, but coming back to point before i digress too much those were the internships no those were the experiences the bombay ones you know were hard which is why even when we do internships now it may mm. not involve a lot of travel uh, we try to kind of skip out on that because i know how hard travel can be especially if it's not your city so right. uh, from that perspective we've definitely utilized it in our intern processes also you know all those difficulties one went through as an intern kind of you know take care of it right any cultural differences culturally speaking and and this is why i don't take names because i i don't see there's no point being negative about anything these are just experiences one goes through Uh, of course as a part of the professional spectrum right so it's not one or two uh, i don't take names there's no point being that negative but i think we have a massive cultural problem we've mm-hmm. always had a massive cultural problem and it's not it's not necessarily on you know the litigation side of things again i'm not qualified to speak uh, my my experiences are only you know based on internships but when it comes to lawyers in general and even if we look at the corporate sphere yeah culturally there would be certain issues and and when when i say there are issues culturally are there extraneous factors preventing you from doing your job it's as simple as that are there people who are preventing you from doing your job are there politics is you know is someone forcing you to come to office when you don't really need to is uh, someone making you work later than than usual are you getting punished for efficiency so these are things i look at as being issues of work culture that's what i mean when i say that there are issues of course No, but it is important to talk about this, Abhishek, because if you don't realize that there are problems, then of course you and I will not take steps to correct it in our personal offices. Yes, so absolutely. It's, it's important yeah. to at least identify them, and if we talk about them, put them out in the sunlight. Uh, it disinfects, and it's something that you can use in your own office and in the others. But by cultural uh, differences, I was referring also to not only lit and cop, but also different cities. and different oh, cities yes. that you interned in uh, so anything that you could imbibe from other cities apologies i i misconstrued that question no so uh, bombay is or mumbai is in terms of the work ethic of that place it, it's just something i admire and deeply deeply respect there were certain internships in uh, bangalore that i done as well the internships mm-hmm. i did in bombay i worked in bombay for close to 5 6 years that it definitely learning that we've tried to include you know in our day to day working even sitting out of bangalore now so that was something that was very very interesting to him uh, that that city is just it's just a hustle right so when we speak yeah. about you know five years you were talking about the trimester system that that whole pace and discipline mm-hmm. same thing here as well bombay it's just you have to hustle there are just so many people there it's got the energy of course uh, it's of course a super hard city to live in right, uh, right. no way in hell we, you know we could have uh, you know set up our own offices if it was in bombay the, the rent alone of staying there would have kind of been the craziest cash burn so there are there are of course pitfalls to you know going to a big city like that and i'm sure a lot of people think that way about bangalore as well again i'm privileged because i stay in bangalore so right that is also something that irks me there are a lot of things that irk me about you know the 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 random school kid who wants to pursue law and they're not able to do it because of these other factors you know if they can learn and they can just 
you know give you the work product if they can be good professionals sitting out of any city why not so i'm i'm a huge believer in kind of democratizing that that framework of not restricting it to cities for sure which is why all our all our internships have been online none of them have been uh, physical as well right i started it as a matter of compulsion during the covid 19 pandemic right. and i got really good results from the online internships and yeah. i just like you i discourage uh, people who are interested in traveling all the way from their yeah. home states coming yeah. to delhi uh, just for an internship yeah uh, for me i as i said because in a way we are similar uh, in terms of privileges of having come from fairly large cities uh, yeah. with all the amenities so we never realized like at least personally i never realized the whole concept of traveling for internship because yeah. internship meant that you go back to your home and you find your find an office oh, which no. is in your city i remember bombay uh, so it just getting getting you know traveling in the local and i used to carry a change of clothes because it gets soiled otherwise and <laughs> it was a big process it was a big process <laughs> Bombay is a class of its own, so uh, there are a lot of things to be talked about Bombay. But uh, coming back to your law school journey, so yeah. we were talking about a random uh, school-going student who does not have the same privileges as you and I. Um, yeah. Does not go to uh, the elite institute. It's into some fairly decent college. Works really hard, uh, you know, but studies in his own uh, town. What suggestions for him? What can he do? to excel during his college days so that his future is somewhat better than what it would otherwise be man see so the the answer to that is unfortunately it's not that rosy right apologies man mm. <clears throat> right it's the kind of situation that we've set up right now there is a crazy amount of people who have been graduating every year that's number one mm. very right. few jobs number two right. so there is this whole I'm trying to figure out whether it's even feasible as an industry right now because we just have so much supply and so little demand in that sense. And at the same time, you've got pushes at the other side saying that you know, uh, foreign law firms shouldn't necessarily hire people at the junior level, right? There, there are pushes coming from that side of things as well, mm. right? So, even if one were to say, or even if one were to give them access to really good education, really. uh interesting practical insights etc i'm i'm still not sure whether that would be enough because there are a ton of skilled people who still don't have jobs so in terms of advice that you're giving them uh honestly i'm a bit dumbfounded when it comes to that the mm. the only thing that we can do right now is i suppose just give them as much mentoring as possible give them as much knowledge as possible direction as well if possible whether it's by you know it's it's also content such as this right or right. i see some people in the audience who also create really good content on on linkedin and these are just these are things to help you learn you know you can get on social media and someone can actually tell you their opinion or or give you updates on certain things so this is what we can do right now if i were to give advice uh, hmm. of course is to understand the market what exactly are you going to do once you graduate right and kind of work towards that side of things because for too long we've we've looked at this whole profession as being something that you know is noble to an extent that you know just stick to it just work don't don't focus on the money don't focus on any of that you just need to work really hard and somehow things will just you know happen but i think now more than ever people are coming to realize that it's a business like any other business there is supply mm-hmm. there is demand there are qualifications there are recruiters there are easy ways of 
picking people based on brands and other keywords and that's what's happening right now so reverse engineering and just trying to figure out you know is there a market for this am i willing to put in this much time in terms of you know growing the career a litigator obviously has to put in a lot more inch time when it comes to you know building your practice right mm. for a corporate lawyer you have opportunities to you know start corporate training programs within companies or even within firms you know there's a lot of good training programs even at the you know basic associate level so i would say podcasts such as this i mean i was listening to some of your previous episodes as well like i said a lot of content creators here as well on linkedin it's great as if we keep coming out with this you keep giving that social capital out there you keep being accessible to people i think that's the best thing one can do in terms of advice of course it's just you know try and figure out what market you're getting into because it's 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 not as rosy as people try to sell it out to be a lot of education educational institutions also doing that right they're trying to sell mm-hmm. degrees left right and center there's just tons of graduates coming out every year so there is a problem there there is a which is the catch 22 right because litigation can absorb more people certainly and yeah. certainly can do with more good people coming in yeah. but more good people tend not to come into litigation for the reason that you mentioned yeah. there is little to no money for the first you know at least for the same amount that you studied in law school so yeah. for first 5 years you can not expect you know we can barely survive in litigation yeah on the corporate side there was a boom i'm presuming from say when you joined till say 2016 17 18 and massive salaries were being offered and now i see that people are being let go and situation is not so good anymore It's, Do you see the situation itself improving on the corporate side in any time in near future? No, so no one talks about this, and it's it's very interesting. So you're right; it it takes a lot initially for litigators to kind of get through that initial bubble, hmm. and then once you're through there, I mean, you're technically being an entrepreneur or a, or a startup guy from from the beginning, right? Hmm. On the other hand, the 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 corporate individual is going in for a salary every month. that's you know seems juicy at, at, at the, on the face of it you know even if you're in a corporate law firm but this is a and this is a genuine question i ask it's not only people who are being let go it's also with all the promote i know it's a very small group and i know it's going to be a niche podcast so i'm going to be a little more free with what i'm saying as well but how many people do you see making the jump from from salaried partner to equity partner this is not something that people talk about usually right right because when you see your career progression and you're saying that and and by the way those timelines have also increased now on the corporate side of things right you could become partner in about 8 to 9 years a decade ago those things have changed now it 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 takes you that much but time but 99% yeah but 99% absolutely true i don't know in fact in my circle i don't know anybody who has made it to equity absolutely. they have to start on their own so now that begs the other question why is that occurring it's because the numbers just don't add up and this is mm. where if you look at that linear progression of how much you're earning from day 1 to let's say year 10 it is linear it is safe it is growing at a consistent pace but it plateaus at some point because that plateau is essentially can you sell this can can mm. you sell this service now the litigator from day 1 has had to learn how to sell his or her product right which is the hardest part of this as well in an industry that doesn't allow you to advertise that doesn't allow you to you know actually you know go out there and then sell your services and that's in that sense the litigator has had to learn the art of speaking convincing and also hustling from day one of course hustling is also happening at the corporate side it's a different level of hell altogether let me assure you of that 
but when it comes to this monetary stability that people keep constantly mm. referring to when it comes to a, you know a corporate job that has its pitfalls that pitfall hits you at the partner level it hits you mm. all the way from the from from the middle management to the corporate level which is when you start realizing oh man i've i've essentially been pushed into a pigeonhole into one particular practice area and and haven't been taught how to sell that comfort mm. becomes your you know biggest problem that that comfort of sitting uh, you know comfortably in an office and and working behind a screen that's not a good thing trust me it's one of the right. reasons why you know i was feeling that atrophy when i was in my my fourth fifth year of work as well Mm. so that's the hardest part and when you say let go etc this is not something new this has been happening for the longest time and a, a genuine question to ask someone right and this is a very it's actually a very basic question if you're earning an x amount your organization expects you to be giving back at least twice or thrice that amount now if you do the math in terms of people earning really big fat paychecks as i'm assuming you know we're referring to okay but let's not go in that direction but corporate lawyers who are earning a lot of money per month there is a lot mm. more pressure on them to deliver also by the way that's what no one sure. else no one else is talking about there is a lot of stress that people are going through in terms of just getting that money in consistently and it's mm. a very saturated market so because they keep targeting the big fish those big fish mm. also know that there is arbitrage possible between different law firms so these mm. these are problems that hit you and then by that time you're in your mid 30s you don't have the agility of you know what you had when you were in your early 20s and that's that's the problem and no one talks about this on the corporate side of things because you know they don't want to break the veneer they don't want to shatter that glass as well right so uh, this is something that i feel you know people getting into that side of things also need to be very aware of choose your mentors carefully choose your law firm carefully your team figure out how sellable your product is are you actually getting out there and actually learning how to you know practically negotiate can you do things on your own are you being able to manage a team all of these things so the mm. money becomes very irrelevant at that point 10 years in right. then you're trying to figure out how do i how do i cross this plateau and it's just not possible because uh, you know you've gotten too comfortable for a decade and i'm presuming when you keep mentioning selling things it's it's your skills as well as your personality yeah so the the deal with lawyers i think it's it's always been a cult of personality if you ask me right and i think mm. corporatizing it was in a big way almost like putting a tiger in a zoo it's not going to be a tiger anymore and this was mm. you know interestingly one of the analogies i'd heard when i was in uh, i i am not going to mention the name so one of the bigger firms where they said that you know there was this uh, example given of uh, you know one of the very senior partners going to a game reserve and you know they were talking to someone and they said that you know hyenas have a higher kill rate than tigers right and the whole yeah. point the whole point that this person was trying to make was that you know if you work as a team you know you don't you don't focus on you know the rock stars i know that word is also very overused but right that's how you will actually achieve uh, you know greater success now what that person meant was greater profits and that's capitalism yeah. as at its heart right so you just try to right. you know have labor units that can kind of get the job done in terms of processing now two pitfalls with that one technology is going to eat that side up faster than the other side right the second thing is that when it comes to lawyers and when it comes to actually getting out there and saying that boss i need you to pay a lot of money to me for these services people are going to be it it matters to people whether you're a tiger or a hyena trust me right at that stage so in terms right. of that branding and that visibility yeah because 
in most negotiations or even courtroom battles and and trust me that happens in the boardroom as well right they're all they're all fights sure. at some point we, we're all adversarial at some point right mm. that's when you want a tiger one on one you don't want a hyena because it's not a situation where you need processing units to to kind of uh, you know go through a lot of documentation or do a duty at the end of the day it's convincing someone to do something or having a particular argument on the basis of you know your skill of intellect and and your oratory skills as well so th- this is this is what i mean by that it's it's a skill set that people have just actively tried to kind of drown and of mm. course there were problems with it as well because again this is all the corporatization of the profession which which is a by the way a fairly recent phenomenon yeah. people don't realize that yeah. till the 90s yeah. there's no concept of corporate law as such uh, yeah. in india i mean there were lawyers who were doing this work yeah. and there were chartered accountants who were doing this work yeah. but there was no formalized system of big ticket law firms doing all of that and i and uh, please whoever is listening i know there are older law firms but even they were not quote unquote corporatized uh, right. the manner they the way you look at them today were not the same thing as they were in the 80s but there are there are nuances even within the the largest of the firms also by the way there's one firm that i particularly liked because you know the way they function were as you know loose silos which were you know in the old school chambers like format which right. is wonderful yeah which was the best balance between you know creating a stability a stable situation vis-a-vis you know just letting people go and hunt you know you do your own thing we're acting as chambers anyway that's how it needs to be but again mm. abbas i i could be very wrong on this but i see a crisis looming because you we've had you know these economic bumps and of course right now we're in the midst of something that's crazy right in terms of a recession Hmm. it's just really really bad and when you're saying and see there is a drought this is what i'm saying how many people are you seeing becoming ep right now and even if they are ep in what sense are they becoming ep and then you hmm. have to ask them this question how much are you earning at that stage because we're, we're so fond of speaking about pay packages right we're so fond of you know who's earning you know what when they're coming out of which college start hmm. asking this question and then you'll realize that it's really hard if you're earning 5 to 10 lakhs a month you need to be bringing in 30 lakhs a month can you bring in 30 lakhs a month I don't know about you it's really hard to get a mandate for even 2 lakhs it is really really hard you have to really really fight for it especially in our country so will it come down to a situation where and 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 the amount of money you bring in is also based on a performance component more and more as you keep growing right it it flips right. essentially your your fixed component keeps going down so these are crises the if you ask me the rain makers is the minders binders and finders <laughs> that was the term they used right no so no there is a, there, there is a problem and there are plateaus that happen and then you you'll see a lot of people slowly quitting 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 doing something else so maybe just moving to an outfit where there's lesser pressure also so you know let me enjoy my work without putting the money first so that's a mistake which that is, yeah most of us make usually which is an interesting perspective so then when you say a corporate lawyer and um, you know broadly when we were studying in college there used to be three broad things you could do you could be a corporate lawyer which is at a firm you could be a litigator which is at the chambers and uh, you could work in house mm. is it easier to make that jump in house and does it help to go in house oh and how easy is it in house okay so so i was one of the weird people who started off in house and then switched to uh, law firm right. and then did a few in house gigs after as well in house right. which is something that i wanted to ask you actually uh, we'll <laughs> come to it how yeah. did you actually get into that place right. which place uh, to to get to start off in house or to move to from in house to outside no no so post your college you 
I join ICICI, right? Right. So, how did you get into that place? But we'll come to that first. Finish your answer, please. <laughs> I'm sorry, where were we on that? About in-house. In-house is, I think, when I try to balance out this equation of supply and demand, I think in-house is the answer. But it's also mm. one of the most incorrectly done jobs, if you ask me. There are a lot of people who will that? again not talk about this, but there will be a lot of external counsel. So if you ask them, have mm. you had issues with in-house counsel? They will say yes. Because more often than not, sadly, actually mm. more often than not is an incorrect statement. There are some who have who have actually done the job so well that you say, okay, this is why we have in-house counsel. And it's such an important role, right? It can be beneficial mm. for the company. It can be beneficial for everyone involved, even for the external counsel in terms of just streamlining a lot of that information there. But it is one of the most misunderstood jobs, if you ask me. Mm. Because, of course, there are some broad, you know, things that people keep talking about. You have to be business friendly. You know, your way of billing is, of course, not, you know, hourly. Uh, the way you approach mm. the situation is different. These are all true, right? But there is this misconception amongst a lot of people that in-house jobs are supposed to be easy. That it is the chill the chill route, right? That, you know, mm. you want to move away from, uh, you know, a law firm type situation and then you'll move in-house. This misconception is what has ruined this particular kind of role for a lot of places mm. right and i'm not taking names here i'm again let me be very clear there are some great in-house counsel there are some organizations whose in-house counsel are beautiful yeah. they are they're just amazing there are also right. some where they're really bad they will just mm. they will make you want to rip your you know hair apart they will just make you not <laughs> want to just work with them at all trust me so <laughs> but is it down to their own attitude towards this particular it's, job and the way they envisioned it or is it also about the company culture because certain companies hire in-house with the sole objective to have that one person who would talk to everybody it's a little else bit of both. on right. their behalf. You're right. So a lot of times it's also overloading. I've seen a lot of these people also just being completely overloaded with, uh, you know, responsibilities, which is extremely unfair, right? The second thing is, right. okay, I'll, I'll ask you another question. Amar. So if you went hmm. to a recruiter today, right? Sure. And you said, I have five years of in-house experience and I want to go to a law firm. The first thing they'll do is discount it before you go to the law firm. Correct. They'll discount it right there in terms of PQE. Why is that? Mm. Because everyone else assumes that it's not at the same level. Mm. No, that's that chicken and egg situation right there. You're constantly saying it's not at the same level. So then you're pushing people to not do it at the same level. It's crazy. The reality is that they're two very different jobs. And the fact of the matter right. is, in my opinion, in-house is the solution to this equation of mismatch supply demand, by the way. There are lots mm. of people who can't afford or lots of companies that can't afford to pay a lot of money to an external law firm. Those external law firms, remember we talked of the pay packages? So one right. simple team of a partner, PA, SA and two associates would need to bring in at least 30 to 45 lakhs a month. I'm sorry, right. we're speaking like pure numbers here because I, I don't see no, people I speaking of these numbers, right? Right, right. You tell me, so no, in terms I of... I appreciate the candor. Yeah, so when you're, when you're talking about getting mandates from people, right? How many of them are going to want to spend even 5 lakhs a month or 6 lakhs a month, right? Mm -hmm. Or even if they are spending that much. They would want someone who knows law enough that, you know, they can pick up the phone and say that whether it's labor laws or whether it's, uh, you know, digital laws or anything, even a little bit of tax, which is the hardest, mm -hmm. you know, the most niche, if you ask me, right? That one person to answer everything, that one person to also look at the business, that is a hard job. Mm -hmm. The problem is we have miscategorized this job as being easy, number one. The second mm -hmm. thing people keep saying is, no, you have to be a generalist and not a specialist. That's also nonsensical, mm. by the way. It's just about knowing the metadata. 
it's about Correct. i keep making this analogy of saying that it's like reading a map if you have to go from one end of the map to another you need to zoom out and then zoom in right being a generalist doesn't mean that you can't go deep into the law itself right if you've already found what the issue is at the labor law level for example let's take that as an example you actually fishing out the act the jurisprudence and all of that that's not you being a generalist that's you being a specialist you don't have the budget mm. each and every time to go and hire a law, uh, an external lawyer for that right so th- these are problems so in house to me extremely misunderstood but also the solution to how we need to create more jobs if you ask me that's the reminds me yeah. reminds me of a quote by miyamoto musashi uh, yeah. if you know the way broadly you will see it in everything yeah which is you 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 can't get tunnel vision right you should be able to just take steps back and say that okay i i know a little bit about this law as well which is why i keep saying you know that's another issue with the corporate side of things when you get pigeonholed like no i'm i'm let's say i'm a finance lawyer are you doing, mm. doing just that one kind of finance even between debt and equity you'll have people who say that you know i i'm not too well versed with debt i only do equity even right. with equity i only do primary markets now that's great you are a very 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 specialized tool but you are useful then only to a very large organization for doing that one very specific role right but that's what we were referring to earlier right you talked about those loose silos that's not the structure in most firms even today even though yeah. i do see a change in some certain law firms they have these loose verticals not yes. you know strict watertight compartments yeah but those were the jobs that were being offered uh, say 10 15 years ago i specifically remember the jobs that i was getting offered at corporate law firms yeah. was and i'm not taking names of the firms but the job was you can you do telecommunications mm. with electricity non tariff matters for us mm. Mm. neither of those i had very good experience in but this is what they wanted me to specialize in very particularly which in my mind at that point of time would have rendered me useless for most things that i would want to do in life later on yeah but again you know just so that i'm not too misunderstood with this as well you know i i respect everyone's approach towards you know the way they're doing their job so if you like doing a specific area of law in that specific area of law only i mean kudos to you you know uh, being a specialized right, instrument right. also when you super when you, specialization also brings yeah, an efficiency is, and that I is totally something with it. Yeah. and, and I, right. i respect that as well honestly to dedicate your entire career towards one particular kind of law one particular kind of practice is also something that's that's brilliant so again that caveat i'm going to keep giving you it's such a personal experience i have stopped applying you know any any of my experiences to you know broad janta in that sense because it's your experience it can be so different from mine right so this whole concept no no let yeah, them be the judge <laughs> of course <laughs> you give your opinion yeah no but again coming back to this just just so that we are very right. clear on this in house really you know people need to start focusing on it it is a great great way of i don't know it has to be the way forward there is no other way the math makes sense to me and trust me i crunch these numbers every day trying to figure out you know what's going to be viable and what's not also in terms of work life balance by the way so if you have good corporate culture that's that you know the first thing and i think that's where the misconception first came out of you know of saying oh. work life balance and therefore it's easier right uh, you give someone a job to do and if they have to do it in 3 hours as opposed to 6 uh, that's not necessarily easier that's more efficient it's a lot more pressure mm-hmm. but that's not necessarily easier so yeah and i can refer to episode 38 of my podcast where i did interview and in house counsel and they practically have built a small law firm inside right. the company so depends on the culture of the yeah, company as yeah, well yeah, yeah. so now i will just take a step back 
and want to concentrate on your career journey and uh, fresh out of college you are from a national law university it's relatively easy for you to get jobs compared to most of the people in the country that's true what do you choose and why do you choose it and how do you get through that what do i choose so it it, it depended on what age i was at honestly <laughs> 22 21 i wanted money i wanted right. money and i wanted a i wanted a job that um you know would would have a certain element of comfort to it i wanted comfort mm. and money that that was my that was my priority when i was 22 <laughs> fair enough yeah that was yeah so that was that was a so that was the criteria that was the criteria who's paying me the most who will pay and me where can i get the most comfort from i want a good placement yeah that's what it was sadly so myopic but that's what it was <laughs> <laughs> and Yeah. After joining it, did you find the comfort in the money? And money, of course, you would have seen uh, beforehand. But uh, did you it find was, the comfort? Yeah, it was it was huge. If it wasn't for me doing, um, you know, I, so I lost my dad two 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 and a half years into my 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 job, right? So just graduating. Yeah. So if it wasn't for that job, if it wasn't for mm-hmm. that money coming in, and also the ability right. because it was just such a large organization, also work on another of another mm-hmm. city, I would not have been able to manage it, right? So that. definitely gave you know possibilities to you know take some time off um get that money coming in money is really important i, I don't know why we demonize it i don't know why people keep we're, we're so we're so strange in that sense we're so dichotomous lawyers right and one end yeah. we glorify money on on the other end we don't talk about it enough in terms of what did it actually cost you to earn that money so it occupies a lot of mind space but you don't yeah. talk about you don't it talk in public about it. yeah it's so strange right so ye to dogla pan hai yeah it's so strange and you don't have that conversation right and, and that True. starts off as interns or associates itself the moment someone asks how much am i going to be earning or can i earn more etc you automatically want to just shush that to say that how dare you speak about money such a dirty topic to be speaking about but at the same time you look up to so many people who have a lot of money so it's it's a very strange situation but Coming back to that point, the money really helped. By the way, the consistent cash that was coming in and the the stability, that risk reward kind of balance really, really helped. I was twenty four, twenty five at the time, hmm. and I think me when I when I moved to a law firm also. Um, and why did you switch then? And you made a couple of uh, hops yeah. to law firms in house. I was really why. Annoyed. I was really annoyed with in-house uh, gig. To be very honest, okay. I was very annoyed by. Uh, so again, it comes back to that pacing thing that we were speaking about, right? Mm-hmm. I remember the. Uh, I'm very good friends with a lot of these people, by the way. But we used to have tussles <laughs> back then. When I was 23, 24. You better be good friends. That's the, these are the people <laughs> who get you the business. No, no. I just spoke with some of them recently, but you know, uh, you know, the first thing that they say is, you know, I, I hear people from your college are very beep. Mm-hmm. I can't. Re- I can't reproduce that word, but. Uh, essentially, people are very podcast. stuck up, and uh, you, I don't know. You guys can fill in the blanks in terms right. of you know very stuck up and wanting to. You fill in whatever you like to call these people. <laughs> Sorry, no, no. I <laughs> I was just calling them chill, but that was one thing in terms of just that push in terms of you know easy job, chill, etc. So I, I want to know. Okay, everyone keeps talking about you know law firm, uh, external counsel. What's so great about it? So that's why I kind of dove into that pond. That was a big okay. push. It also helped that the, the there was a money push again at that point, and I was in Bombay, so the extra cash also 
you know gave us a better setup to live in because we again, again i was living with family right they'd come with me to to bombay so all of that put together you know little extra cash the ability to kind of test your test your skills in what people keep claiming to be actual lawyers so right. i went into it more of a air quotes i i actually did air quotes while i was saying it just now Uh, so that was the reason i that was the reason i kind of dove into that pond and then mm-hmm. after that it was just a cycle of just saying you know i did this whole marathon between firms just checking out each one and whenever we speak about uh, some other firms as well i i always tell myself crap i didn't get it oh sorry for that i didn't get a chance to <laughs> i didn't get a chance to actually go to that firm oh damn so it was just you know testing the water trying to figure out you know what is this firm doing what is that firm doing what's different in this place none of it really fit me by so the then way. what so then what brought you back it, to bangalore it wasn't them it was me fi <laughs> so <laughs> they're all great places to work with great people just fi yeah. what okay. brought me back to bangalore um, it was i think also just wanted to be in a more comfortable environment in terms of not having to worry about a lot of the expenses that were also going on i realized that it was also very very expensive uh, you know just to make that money being in bombay But that was just me. I, I, I was alone, so I, I wasn't a fan of commuting two hours a day or two and a half hours a day. It just wasn't fun for me. So, sure. Coming back to Bangalore was also about you know okay. So, I think I've learned what I can in terms of the work ethic from this place. It's getting mm-hmm. a bit unsustainable. So, like most things in life, it was driven by necessity more than choice. And then pandemic right. hit. I think literally two months after that. And, that taught us i wouldn't say just me that taught us a lot of life lessons so that also so occurred. hang on i just wanted to know this thing the pandemic hit that's when you took the leap of faith after the hitting of pandemic or you took the leap of faith and then the pandemic hit you when you say leap of faith you mean the you know, starting your own venture starting out on your own yes so yeah so that was i think moving from bombay to bangalore was the hardest in terms of you wouldn't find finance jobs as easy here so most of those things in your cv wouldn't really mean too much here so one uh, so also needed to create one <laughs> yeah that's actually what happened and there were a few you know instances when i was in bombay as well within finance teams where we were also doing a lot of tech related stuff tech of course pervades everything to even say that there sure. is something called tech law i think is very um, miscategorizing to be very fair yeah. so it's just a way of doing things through a different medium essentially right so right in that sense bangalore so there were a few freelancing gigs i realized that what i was doing was anyway acting or, or working as an independent lawyer because i was freelancing or they were calling it secondments at the time and uh, eventually i just realized okay let me just do it myself it's not something that you know i've i've made it so far and i think i can kind of do it on my own so that's when 2020 just decided to do this and it's 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 been gratifying in its own way so was it before the pandemic or after it was during <laughs> it's <was> during <laughs> so that's that's another joke we keep making in terms of you know remote work and and working remotely oh, sorry it's the same thing i just paraphrased that another another thing that we're susceptible to but we i i keep mentioning to people you know that whole batman uh, dark night rises line when he's you know when bane's talking about yeah, mm-hmm. darkness and adopting it and being born in so i keep telling people that we were born in this we were born in the remote framework right we didn't we didn't <laughs> adapt to it like we were born in this so for us it just gave us so many additional uh, tools at our disposal just so efficient in that sense 
and and by the way remote works also really hard in that sense very few people can actually make it right. work if you ask right. me it needs to have a different level of discipline altogether so in in that sense yes we were born during the pandemic and so how have you been molded by it you had to be very efficient you had to be very nimble what all things did you do incorporating this and you started it as a solo venture and then you had to build team from there mm. and it's even more difficult to do it when most of your work is online so i'll i'll, I'll say this even now it's still a solo venture and i'll, I'll tell okay. you why exactly because I, i work with creatives and you can't control creatives hmm now this we come back to the story that i was mentioning about tigers and hyenas right hmm when we not here to work with hyenas we're not a bunch of hyenas working together no offense to hyenas and how they function it's great you're working with all animals yeah i mean li- lions one way to look at it um, whichever whichever animal you want to look at so well, i'm thinking tigers i haven't seen hunting in packs so that's why i said lions no so we don't that's exactly what i'm trying to say so the way we function whether it's dhruv bhavna or anyone else it's you remember when we spoke about the loose structure even within the firms in terms of mm. just allowing silos to function Mm. that in my opinion creates a very good balance because not only are you being groomed to being independent where you mm. you're taught to hunt can you do it on your own can you handle the mandates on your own and again this is something that in house council do by the way so it's it's very close to that situation in terms of grooming people right. in that same sense but i would i would still say that we're individual lawyers who just work together using a platform because it's otherwise very hard for lawyers to Uh, again the the network is extremely important the branding is really important uh that you know working to provide certain services and complementary services on the other and that's what we do i wouldn't say that we function as a typical organization where you know there's a hierarchy and you know things are split up in a particular way so i would say that it's in just a way, a, it's a platform it's a, it's a platform nothing else yeah right which is why a wonderful name that you did choose yeah. uh, calling it a platform and naming it bridge legal but then actually you, it's a very modern thing to do but you are mm. taking inspiration i don't know whether consciously or unconsciously mm. from the offices of the past the chamber practice mm-hmm. that's what it used to be it used to be a bunch of lawyers yeah sharing and sharing a space whether mm. online offline in yeah. this particular case yeah. and then doing their own thing but also helping out each other i it's no it's very obvious this is precisely what i what i wanted to and still do I think there are a lot of things that we can learn from you know the a sect of lawyers that for some reason have not come within the corporate purview mm. who are slowly making their way and they they just they're going to take the world by storm honestly because you take a litigator and and trust me they know how it the companies act is not you know some crazy piece of legislation that's very hard to kind of get your head through right mm. it is a law like every other law it has its own rules it has its own regulator that's it is what it is these people you put them in this situation you get these tigers into this very you know easy habitat and they're going to make a killing mm. honestly so i'm just waiting for that to happen by the way lot of litigators 5 years 10 years especially this bracket right now they're very agile they can you know pick up certain other skills and kind of break that whole you know wall of saying that you know corporate lawyer litigation it doesn't matter trust me they're going to make a killing and there's a lot that we should have learned when i say we i'm i'm saying from the corporate side of things from from the old school way of functioning because that still mm. makes a lot of sense by the way this chambers approach this approach towards you know you see individually also if you had someone in your chamber uh, abas and, and you do and you had to you know you have right. to send them to court 
they need to be able mm. to hold their own right sure. that's the same situation for us as well and and that's one of those learnings for example that you know we should have focused on a long time ago whether it's a negotiation or any boardroom discussion as well you don't need three or four people sitting there you don't need the entire team mm. there it's just not efficient so mm. these are things you're right we have learned a lot from that and that is always my inspiration my favorite whether it's people who write it's people who speak all of them have come from a litigation uh, background because they've, they've honed those skills whether it's the people who host you too of so course, <laughs> of course of course <laughs> of course you, so there's so much i, I wanted I haven't to seen any other corporate firm uh, calling me i know students who who ask me you know to have conversations mm. uh, of course right. from that perspective there, there is you we hold our own sessions but Correct. you won't see too many people on the corporate side of things doing that right most of the corporate uh, i i did hear a few podcast and uh, it's i mean are, are they self contained own are they self contained exactly right i mean yes. it's it's basically somebody reading out an article to me yes. that's something that i did not want to do but yes. i would come to a podcast in a bit but these are the three brief questions abhishek i ask all my guests yes so because i do want to keep some time at the end for those questions so i just want to get done with these sure. so with due permission can i ask these three brief questions please abhishek when i say an inspirational personality in your field what is the first face that comes to your mind and why and for that you need to also specify what exactly is your field aditya sondhi even though we don't uh, even though we don't operate in the same field same city same college hmm. similar okay. approaches but two different things altogether very good mentor very approachable has class i think the way we hold ourselves is also very important when we say it's a noble profession it's also about how you carry yourself so all of these things put together he's the first he's the first person that comes to mind wonderful yeah second of the three brief questions what are the first three ingredients for success and i understand there can be many i don't know i haven't i haven't achieved success i don't know this <laughs> i can't <laughs> what is success that. then <laughs> let's flip this what is success then Success is waking up in the morning, being happy, looking forward to your day, and going to bed at night. You're not happy in the, the morning. I am very happy, but that is my so definition then, of success. Why are you happy, Abhishek? No, what no, no, no. It's just things? when you say achieve success, I don't know what other people's definitions are. I know there is no, monetary right. so definition. So it's success so as things. so it's success as you understand it. Uh, my my north star metric. That? My north star metric. Hmm. Yeah. Yes. My, what's my, your north star? My day. What's my day like? Is it a fun day? Right. You need to be having fun. Okay. Yeah. So need to having fun. That's yeah. one. Yeah. That's your that's your north star, of course. That's my north star, and, so and that's more often than not, if you follow that, you will not earn money. And if you don't earn money, it's usually not what most people's indicators of success are. Just <laughs> have fun and survive, and figure out the third ingredient for your success. So be uh, independent that way. Uh, the last <laughs> of the three brief questions, Abhishek. If there's one thing you could tell a twenty-year-old Abhishek, what would it be? Twenty years old. Oh my god it won't even Any be work related it won't even be work related abas it'll be like uh, i'm sure what no i can't say that that's a personal thing to mention <laughs> what would i say all right uh, what would i say <laughs> okay. uh, what would i say appreciate no what would i say any uh, tips for okay let's just dilute any it tips uh, for younger say me? there is a 24 20 year old person who is yeah. in somewhat similar situation as you were uh, finally yeah. a law student yeah. any tips for him Um, 
try to try to read a lot more generally you have social mm-hmm. media that is either a great thing or the worst thing ever just identify mm-hmm. who you want to listen to i think that's really important if if people are not tuning in to a lot of people in their fields giving you their experiences even this show you're missing out that is something and that is something i really miss growing up that we didn't have the internet as widely accessible as it is today by the way very true we yeah. had 2g so, internet 2g internet it wasn't wasn't as easy to get onto youtube and learn you know your chords on a guitar or, you know anything as simple as that as well i would have picked up and learned guitar a lot quicker if i had um, you know good internet and, you know as well as good content creators you could be on youtube i don't think there were enough content creators even creating that kind of content that you could learn from so right Certainly now not on india Yeah, no so right now we're we're at the golden age by the way there are people coming out and speaking about everything you just need to identify which channels to listen to and see which ones apply to you right. so yeah get exposed for sure yeah so those are the three brief questions now abhishek before we throw it open for everyone why are we hosting podcasts abhishek why did we choose this medium or let's say why did you choose this medium Why did I choose this medium? So, to f- full disclosure, we are getting into video very soon. I think you and I were discussing this. All right. And the the way I operate, I I take a lot of time before you know making any steps. Mm. I have you know we've been doing a lot of research generally in terms of what's lacking when it comes to content, whether it's videos or mm. even podcasts for that matter. So, podcast, by the way, in its truest sense, is something that we're doing just for the art of it. there is i don't right. think it's a lead generation you know tool it is by no means an advertising tool right the only reason Correct. one would do this and it is very very hard right to do mm. of course live sessions like these are actually a little easier but when you're yeah. doing episodes on your own it can be very hard mm. and someone else was also recently telling me that you know the reason a lot of podcasts stop at like you know one season or two seasons or just like 10 episodes or 12 episodes is because it's so hard in post as well to kind of get that done so why right. podcast i think we love doing it i think that's that's basically where we're at in terms of m- moving beyond writing and also getting into speaking and you know letting people hear but it's not the only medium i must say to be very clear uh, video is also something that we we want to conquer very soon it's something that's going to be very important yeah and why do your podcast sound so good Why do my podcasts sound? Do they sound good? Not, not many people tell me that. By the way, this is a compliment I'm getting. <laughs> well, what do you mean when you say it sounds good? They do. I see the production qualities are fairly. Uh, so people, I don't know how many of you who are listening to this session also listen to our podcast or any podcast for that matter. But there are certain production houses that produce podcasts for other people. Now Abhishek mm-hmm. and I, of course, are doing everything on our own, single-handedly, yeah. whatever. good bad ugly things that we are doing amongst those independently produced those indie podcasts so to say yours in the legal field sounds probably the best according to me thank you that's that's a big compliment thank you so much but is it the equipment is it the post production what is it what is it that uh, you working on okay so it was something in a few people who remember some of my discussions from clubhouse days uh, you know almost two years back it used to be as right. bad as you know just holding yourself up in a room closing all the windows you know in the heat of summer of course bangalore doesn't get as hot as you know the north or even andhra for that matter but 
we'd be i'd be sweating <laughs> kind of recording some of those sessions and it was a massive pain so that as well as a little bit of post i think you and i also touched yeah. base on software and and kind of using it but i think that combined with just kind of writing a script out and just going with it it took a lot of takes a lot of mm-hmm. effort in terms of time for recording and kind of the setup as well i think all these mm-hmm. factors came together to be very honest but we i i always played around with sound by the way the mm-hmm. artsy side of this was something that the my dad side of the family always was into whether it was media or audio so it eventually you know eventually i just kind kind of kept getting more equipment and kind of went with it but equipment can only do so much true yeah last question on the podcast yeah so it's the blanket and a lot of post production one thing that i wanted to know about the podcast was right do you track the time that you are taking to produce a particular episode and if yes how much is that per episode or it varies drastically wow you're talking about the combined time yes so <laughs> so it's i think so there's a general bit it's of it's more than we can justify to no, uh, our <laughs> equity partners if yeah, you were working sure, in sure. a law firm so it, it takes about an hour and a half at the beginning of the morning every day just to get through all the newspapers and all the all that all that reading and mm-hmm. take take down notes on the side so that's about 90 minutes right there that's every right. day though right so right. if i think we were planning for the next podcast it would be uh two weeks is worth because i think the last compressed podcast was 2 weeks ago so mm. that i think from writing to speaking it out to post to actually launching it takes about a whole night so that's about 7 hours mm. takes about 7 hours for 10 minutes and that's not counting the research done to kind of understand which stories you want to include which ones you don't want to include what we're trying to do right. with the next few episodes is also definitely include the primary data because i know a lot of people who listen to it also would like mm. you know the primary data so that's another thing references and primary yeah data. yeah yeah so that's right, something right. that we want to do where we make our data accessible also so keeping all of those things in mind it takes it takes i think apart from just having the information and having all the data and getting all the reading done assuming you've already read everything assuming you have everything in place mm. it takes at least 6 to 6 to 7 hours for 10 minutes worth of a, of a podcast well now i appreciate it even more uh, <laughs> no, i'm sure you take that long as well by the way well that's why i have reduced the whole concept of uh, independently produced single monologue sessions yeah. because they take crazy amount of research and yeah. that takes most of because you want to get it right and you, you don't want like to because listeners. it's there for posterity you don't want to say anything which is wrong and you'll have 10 <laughs> listeners 10 listeners would actually listen to it and actually yeah. right but yeah. see that's the thing those 10 people <laughs> they will point out have, that yeah. you made a mistake if you did oh yeah yeah for sure that that's that and i am yeah. i'm really bad at going back and then changing it <laughs> no that comes with our job so what we're trying to do is that uh, i call it the cds the, the in terms of our internal uh, knowledge system right because km km kind of needs to be present within any uh, any form or even if you're a independent lawyer you just need right. to be well read right so what we're trying to do Correct. is because it's so hard to procure or even source or just be well read with a lot of developments and kind of like i was saying that's a f- that's a first phase not included within the six hours so mm. what we're trying to do is kind of leverage that information and kind of create it into digestible videos also because audio has only so much of a reach i think it will always be the hardcore you know niche listener who will prefer podcasts 
but from a from the perspective of oh yeah and this this train sound that you can hear in the background this is something that makes me do retakes usually when i'm on a monologue so i i live very close to the tracks so that's another problem i'll be saying something and then i'll have to just you know restart the entire paragraph for example so that's another problem which is why it takes 6 hours but uh what we need to do is just get more efficient with the con- content to be very honest and mm. also get a little more reach and of course that right. yeah that that's that's the plan essentially so basically you want 20 listeners now <laughs> yeah it's probably what it's going to be <laughs> but we want to do video better i'm i'm i mean i keep right. looking at keep looking nah. at the content by you know whether you're a independent content creator or you're a big super big firm also and usually there is some problem somewhere it's either taking too much time or right. the production value is good but the presentation is not as good or uh, you know just some problem or the other so we're trying to kind of streamline that to make it a, a bit more efficient so yeah wonderful so the last question abhishek is is there something that you wanted to talk about that i did not ask or is there any suggestion or any recommendation to whoever is listening whether it's a book a movie or anything else no not really actually i i i was hoping to listen to people by the way a lot of people who stopped by today but i was hoping to kind of get their insights and thoughts on a lot of things but i i usually don't have much to say from a personal side by the way what we will do is we will take the question answer session and make it into a bonus content episode which everyone who's listening to this episode on the podcast can check out next week next friday and in the meanwhile i would like to thank abhishek for his time he's taken out time from his busy busy schedule and accommodated my multiple requests for adjournment so thank you for that abhishek i really do appreciate it you taking out the time and being so candid about uh, everything that we wish to talk about whether it's the podcast the numbers incomes and all the struggles that legal community in general especially the youngsters are facing So thank you once again Abhishek hope to see you real soon in case you want to check out the bonus content where Abhishek takes up questions and answers from the live session wait till next friday and you can check it out in the meanwhile uh, do leave a rating hopefully more people will start listening to podcast as a medium of infotainment thank you everyone thank you for listening dosto आज के टॉपिक से रिलेटेड आपका कोई सवाल डाउट या सजेशन हो और इफ यू वांट टू शेयर सम स्टोरी प्रॉब्लम और कंफ्यूजन ऑफ योर लाइफ यू कैन फॉलो एंड रीच आउट टू अस ऑन ट्विटर एट आभास मिश्रा और कनेक्ट विद अस ऑन लिंक्डइन। अंटिल नेक्स्ट टाइम गुड बाय स्टे ट्यून एंड स्टे ब्लेस्ड